You ready to get into the Word? Got your Bibles? Diane, I think three people got their Bibles. You got your Bibles? All right, hold them up. Shake them, do whatever, turn them on, whatever way works for you. And one day I'm going to ask them to shut all the lights off and we'll see how many turn their Bibles on. Anyway, <laughs> Father, we bless you and we thank you again for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. As we await your return, and Lord, what I'm seeing right now, we are in a convergence like never before, Lord. We are seeing things happening so quickly Nations setting up for the Ezekiel 38, 39, and so many other things. The, the, the king of the east getting in position now, the king of the south getting into position now. All the pieces are in play, but we stay close to your word during this time. We stay faithful to you because you said, he that finishes well at the end receives the same reward as those who start at the beginning, Lord. So our eyes are upon you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you go ahead and turn with me to Mark chapter 4? Mark chapter 4, again, our, our title for this month has been Miracles, Why Not Today? Why not today? Why aren't we believing for miracles today? And we've been looking on, on my end on Sunday and then the different ministries on Wednesday night at different aspects of miracles, amen? And I've been going off of Mark 4.35 on because there's so much there. So let's just do a real quick review. This is the last week on this. Next week, Reverend Joe Morris will be here and then we'll pick up again in November with, with a new thing that the Lord has put on my heart. So here we go. You ready, guys? Yeah. You in Mark chapter 4 yet? All right, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus gets done teaching all these great parables, the parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed. Then he says, let's go over to the inside. I'm going to go through this real quick. If you want to study any of this, go back on our podcast, YouTube, Facebook. It's all out there at our website, and you can get into it. He says, let's go over to the other side. When Jesus says something, you might as well do it, Amen. As they're going over to the other side, a monster storm comes and we see the miracle of the calming of the sea. And I brought out that Jesus wants to calm waves in our lives also. Problems in our lives also. Sometimes we think a miracle is just something spectacular. Sometimes miracles are just little things that are really big things. Maybe like peace in our house or or a bill getting paid unexpectedly, on and on. So this was an amazing miracle. Then he gets over to the other side, and he all of a sudden he meets this guy that's got a legion of devils, and we took a whole week to talk about uh, demonic activity, how it operates, how we have authority over it in the name of Jesus. The best way to keep demons out is to keep the mind filled with the things of God. The devil always looks for an empty mind, a mind that he can get his claws into. Stay filled with God. What are you letting in through your eye gates? What are you letting in through your ear gates? Think about it, guys. Look at the front of your iPhone. See how many hours you're spending on this or that or that. It'll tell you. And you could say, wow, I haven't even given God five minutes today. Amen? So Mark 16, verse 17, he says, In my name we will cast out 
devils. All right, let's pick up on chapter 5 now, verse 21. And again, I'm reading through the New King James. If it's a different translation, it'll be up on the screen. So here we go. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him by the sea. You wonder how that information got out. You know, they didn't have internet back then. They didn't have social media. Somehow they knew he was coming because they were waiting for him because the miracle worker was on the way. Amen. You're going to have to help me out today. An amen cannot be amen. <laughs> Come on, I need a little oomphah, amen. Come on, give me an amen, pastor. Spit a little bit, amen. All right, here we go. <laughs> and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her. We're going to look at this story in a moment. But I just want to go back because last week I took the middle, right? And we talked about this woman with the issue of blood. And truths came out last week that were powerful. I encourage you, if you have a chronic sickness, Go back to this teaching last week again. It's all out there, free. Just hop on there and listen to it, amen? Because there were truths that were brought out. There was a certain woman who had a flow of blood, 12 years, verse 25. She had suffered many things, many physicians. She spent all that she had. She was no better, but rather she grew worse. So the Bible brings out things, suffered many things, from many physicians. I gave you two pages of different ailments, different remedies that they had back then, and most of them was get a glass of wine, sit in the middle of the road, do this, do that, somebody come and scare you, all these different ways back then, snake oil physicians. But then I made a statement, and I said, if we're still here, the Lord doesn't return in 50, 100 years from now, I wonder what they'll think of some of our medical procedures of today, right? Anyway, we'll go on. It also said she spent all that she had, okay? So the first thing I brought out was she heard about Jesus. Verse 27, faith comes by and hearing by the she said, faith has a statement to say. She spoke, if only I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. I brought out in Mark eleven twenty three, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those with things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Faith has a voice. Faith has a testimony. Testimony night coming up. Faith says something good. Something good's about to happen. Something good is in store, right? We sing the songs, but then when we're by ourselves, our minds freak out. We look at the problem. We look at the situation. It looks bigger than God, but when God becomes bigger than the problem, that's when deliverance comes. That's when healing comes. That's when the answers come. But we're on the same boat together, guys. The mind is an amazing thing. Yeah. Our mind is our soul, right? Yeah. And our mind will just keep going and going like a broken record on and on and on until you say, enough! Enough! 
and you start filling yourself up with other things. And we live in a great day and age that you can put the, the you know, your Bluetooth uh, ear things on, whatever, and you can listen to constant teaching of the word. Or you can put the Bible on audio and stay filled. Amen? All right. Therefore, faith also has an action. We brought that out. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Faith has an act. Smith Wigglesworth used to say that. Faith has an act. Faith has an act. Faith has an act. What is your action to your faith? What are you doing? Come on, talk to me, guys. If I, if I got a paralyzed foot, you just keep speaking the word and you keep do whatever you can. Let faith be an act. Just start moving that little toe. Say, toe, you move. It ain't moving. You keep going and you watch and see. Look, I can't tell you if it's done in a day, in a minute, in a week, in a year. That I can't tell you. But what I do learn from the Bible is, he who endures to the end shall be saved. That word saved is sozo, healed, delivered, set free, uh, saved. So he who endures, he who keeps going on, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Again, doesn't say in a minute, in a day, in a week. It says, hold on. That word endurance there is also the word patience. We all got plenty of that, right? Oh, oh yeah. And then verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body. And then she's just going to take off, go into the sunset, being totally healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? His disciples looked around and said, Lord, we're all touching you. No, somebody touched me with that touch of faith. Faith has a testimony. Yeah, Jesus wanted to hear it out of her mouth. I touched the hem of your garment, Lord. What an amazing miracle. Healing of this lady that no one could. But now today I want to talk about Jairus and his daughter. And I'm going to hit on a major thing that many of us battle with. And I hope... You're ready. You ready? Get a little pencil there, a little paper. Turn the notes on your phone. Let's look at this miracle. Let's go ahead and read again, verse 21. Now when Jesus, we'll get it out. When Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, and received this right, I don't know this guy, one of the big shots, right? One of the big guys, the ones that probably wore the robes and, and on and on. Jairus by name, when he saw Jesus. Now he heard about Jesus just like any of the other Pharisees and Sadducees and Levites and all heard about Jesus. But he was desperate. Yeah. His daughter was at the point of death. Desperate. Are you with me, guys? And sometimes it's when we're desperate that we see answers, right? And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. To me, that's like a sign of worship and humility. Would you agree with me on that? All right. And he begged him earnestly. What, what does that say to you, beg him earnestly? Please, 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 please grab it. Please, 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 please. Are you with me, guys? Say it with me. Ready? Please. That was good, guys. You did good today. Look what he says. 
My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hand. So he's asking specifically for something. The woman with the issue of blood did what? She said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. The centurion said, speak the word only and my servant will be whole. But he says, come and lay your hands on my daughter and she will be made whole. And Jesus did what he said. And he did what the centurion said. And he did what the woman with the issue of blood says. There's some truth in that now. We need to chew on that. What are we saying? What are we asking for? How are we asking? Let's keep going on. That she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So here they are, all these people all around him. Now let's go down to verse 35 because the middle there is all about the woman with the issue of blood. While he was still speaking, while Jesus was still speaking what? To the woman with the issue of blood. I don't know about you, but if I came to this miracle worker, I asked him to come pray for my daughter. All of a sudden, he makes this, he starts going, right? He starts walking. And then all of a sudden, he makes this statement, who touched me? Who cares who touched you? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. When I'm hurting, all I'm thinking about is me. Anybody can agree with that? I'm not thinking about the guy on the other side of the world going through this, going through that. I got problems, amen? I, I, I need a touch. What do you mean, who touched me? You said you would walk with me. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, who touched me? And she fell at his feet, told Jesus the whole thing. Jairus, I guarantee, is listening to this, right? Jairus is hearing the victory. Jairus is hearing his prayer being answered. Everybody, this woman's prayer being answered. And all of a sudden, wouldn't you think that would build your faith up? Wouldn't you think? You're like, yeah, baby. This woman, I knew her. I knew that she couldn't come into the synagogue because she had an issue of blood. I knew that no one could get around her. I knew that she had to go get water at the well at a different time, on and on, so that she wouldn't bring her uncleanness upon someone else. So I think he's pretty excited right now. All right? Faith is built up. Receive this. When faith gets built up, my marriage is going to get restored. I feel it. My kids are coming back home. I feel it. That healing, I, I, I feel it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And that faith is built up. The devil will make sure he gets his, his claws in there. Watch. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him. Now, verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking... Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? You want to pop a balloon, that's the way to do it. You want to get 
the air out of the whole thing. That's the way to do it. Here his faith is pumped up. Jesus said yes. Here his faith got a little shake in there when this woman, all of a sudden, everybody just stops to take care of this, but all of a sudden he just witnessed a miracle. I guarantee he knew who this lady was. But he heard these words. Why trouble ye the master anymore? Your daughter is dead. Finished, over with, done with. But I want you to catch how to deal with bad reports. Are you ready? As soon as, please underline that. As soon as, say that with me. As soon as Jesus heard that report, the word that was spoken, Watch what he does. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, remember all these people are there, and I guarantee when they heard that statement, there was a big groan there. Oh, come on. How many here have ever heard a bad report of somebody else? And all of a sudden you go, oh. Look at the words he says to Jesus. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Please underline those words. Put them into your memory. Take them deep within your heart. Fear will always destroy faith. Fear will always knock faith down. Fear will, will just, it's horrible. And we've been battling it now for 6,000 years. Hold your place there, and let's just take a little journey about fear today. Is that okay? Because I think it's the number one thing that attacks not just believers, the whole world. Phobias, one phobia after another. Sometimes you'll look at a person and go, what do you mean you're afraid of heights? What do you mean you're afraid of a spider? What do you mean you're afraid of a germ? But to that person, that thing is real. That thing will make that person sweat. And let's put it to ourselves. We all seem to have different fears that we have to battle. Amen? Go to Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve, the kings of the earth. I mean, when you think about what God gave Adam and Eve, they gave them total sovereignty of the earth. He gave them total lordship of the earth, total control of planet earth and I believe it even went beyond planet earth because he said look at the sky even the I think all of his creation outside of heaven was given to Adam and Eve and they gave it up here in chapter 3 verses 1 through 7 we're not going to look at that today let's continue on in verse 8 and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, some people believe the cool of the day is early morning. Some people believe it's late at night. I don't care when it is. If God's going to come and party with me, talk with me, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Now, it's so wonderful because when you read this and, and, and lordship, rulership was lost, we see the restoration of it in the book of Revelation when it says, and we will see God's face and he'll wipe every tear from our eyes and we will be, he will be our God and we will be his people. So all this is going to be restored back to us that was lost. It stinks in between. Yeah, yeah. 
from the fall to the return, it stinks. Amen. There's no way to get around that. It stinks. With all the miracles we see, with all the things we have witnessed, there still stinks. All right? But watch what happens. He was walking. God was walking. Isn't that beautiful? God was just walking in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. In fact, this morning I was listening to a very old song. Some of you might remember it. It was from Don Francisco. Anybody know that song? His name, that's the name of the guy. The song, his name, listen to it. Check it out if you can. Adam, where are you? Powerful, powerful, powerful song. Don Francisco. Adam, where are you? Check it out when you get a chance. Here we go. And his, in the garden, the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? Now some people say, well, God knows everything, so he knew he just brought that statement out. I don't know. Why would he bring that statement out? Now I believe God knows everything, but I believe God can cover some things that he doesn't even want to know and let man make that decision. I don't know. I'm just going to be real honest. I don't know, but he comes, where are you, Adam? If he knew he was behind the tree or if he knew he's behind the bush, right? Are you with me, guys? Watch, watch. Where are you? So we said to him, I heard your voice. So I guarantee God, I don't know what period of time it was from when God created man to man falling, right? We don't know that. We know Eve was created in between that. The whole garden was already put in place. Everything that humankind will ever need was already put into place. So I don't know if it was one week, one year, a thousand years. I personally think it was very short because we don't see any children yet. And if my wife's walking around naked, I'm going after her, amen? <laughs> no children yet at this point. Can I get an amen, gentlemen? Amen. All right, here we go. And, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Look at those three words. They're not supposed to be in our vocabulary, but they're there. Are you ready? I was afraid. Would you say it with me? I was afraid. Those are the first words out of Adam's mouth after the fall before God. Fear entered in. All right? Fear will hinder us in life more than just about anything else. I want you to see something today. Go over to 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I want you to see verse 6 and 7 today. Verse 6 and 7, because we always read verse 7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Everybody knows that verse, right? But something happens in verse 6, and then I want to give you a little bit of the history of what's going on here, because sometimes it's important to know why this scripture is written. Would you agree with me on that? All right, so 2 Timothy, did I say 1 Timothy? I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1. First mistake of the day, that's only your first one. No, I probably made a lot more. Okay, first one preaching today. Here we go, 2 Timothy 1.6. Therefore, talking to who? Who's he talking to? Timothy. I remind you, Timothy, 
to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So there was a gift that was given to Timothy. I'll give you the history in a little bit, but Timothy was a pastor. He was the pastor of the Ephesus church back then. All right, then he says this. This gift that is in you, which was given to you through the laying out of my hands, right? For God, Timothy, has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, right? Not a spirit. Notice that first of all, underline that. Fear is a spiritual thing. Are you with me, guys? It came in spiritually through the fall, and it still operates today spiritually. Everybody okay with that? So what's going on? Why is Paul here reminding Timothy to keep this gift stirred up? Listen to the history of this. When Paul wrote the book of 2 Timothy, it was a very difficult time for the early church. Due to Nero's insanity, he was literally a sick man. He persecuted believers everywhere, and his method of persecution was gruesome and cruel. At that time, Timothy was the pastor of the church of Ephesus. He knew that Nero's secret police would take special pleasure in killing him in some barbaric way if they could just get their hands on him. As Timothy considered the threats against his own life, a spirit of fear tried to grab hold of this young pastor. That's why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Remember, Nero, and you can study the history of it, he was crazy. It's like some dictators alive today. Crazy. He would take Christians, he would tar them up and make them, put matches to him and light them up and make them his torches throughout the streets of Rome. So why do I bring this out? Because Timothy was a young guy at this time and he was able to take this word from the Apostle Paul and overcome fear in his life. And if he could do it, we can do it. Amen. Now how do you know that, Pastor? Let me continue on. Remember this, just one word from God can change our lives. Would you agree with that? And break, and break fears that we are dealing with. Even this one verse can do that. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Here's a verse that, that has helped me in some fears in my life. Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. What's the definition of all? Amen. So that's a verse you can hold on to. So how do we know that Timothy was able to overcome this fear? Here's what I read. Tradi Timothy's death is not recorded in the Bible, uh, but it is recorded in extra-biblical church tradition. Timothy remained in Ephesus for the rest of his life until he was martyred for his faith. Infamous for its idolatry and its temple to Diana, Ephesus is the traditional burial place of Timothy. Fox's Book of Martyrs states that Timothy's death occurred around 97 AD during the reign of Domitian. This would place Timothy's martyrdom or death shortly after the exile of the Apostle John to the island of Patmos, which occurred around 95 AD. So two years difference there. John 
and now Timothy. Again, according to Fox's Book of Martyrs, as the pagans were about to celebrate the feast called Katagoga, whatever, Timothy met them. Now remember, he's an old man now. Met them and severely rebuked them for their ridiculous idolatry, which so angered the people that they fell upon him with their clubs, and they beat him in so dreadful a manner that he expired of the bruises two days afterwards. History has that he died at the age of 80. He was a young pastor when Paul is writing this letter to him, about 30. So for 50 years, he was able to overcome his fear and to live a victorious life. And I believe we can overcome the fears that come against our lives. Amen. Amen. There are so many scriptures about fear. And I believe it's because it comes against every one of us. No one is exempt. I listened, you know, to my little grandson. I'm not going downstairs. I'm scared of the dark. And I said, don't be scared of the dark. Don't let that wiggle in even at a young age. Amen? Work with them on that. Here's a little story that I heard that kind of goes with this. A wealthy man who was known for being eccentric, far out. One night he was having this big party in his house. In his backyard he had a swimming pool filled with sharks and alligators. He announced to his guests, Anyone who will swim across my pool, I'll give them anything they want. In a few minutes, he heard this big splash. He looked over, and this man was swimming 90 to nothing, dodging the alligators, maneuvering out of the way around the shark. As frantic as he can, he made it to the other side just in the nick of time, jumped out, totally panicked. The wealthy man came over and said, I can't believe it. You are the bravest. You weren't afraid. You're the bravest man I ever met. Now, what do you want me to do for you? The man looked around the pool and answered, what I want more than anything else is the name of the person who pushed me in. <laughs> oh, God is good. Amen. Listen. If you were to go to Google, I don't use Google, I use DuckGo. If you were to go to DuckGo and type in fear, you will see over and over people that have put down 365 scriptures on the subject of fear. God has put one script, fear scripture for each one of our days in life. Yeah. Remember this book? I told you guys to get this a while ago. Some, many of you did. We still have more in the bookstore. But the author brings out the definition with a, with a crossing of the word fear. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. Say that with me. False evidence appearing real. If you battle fear, good book. We have a few copies in the bookstore if you want to get it. One scripture on fear can set you free. So I'm going to give you some today. Are you ready? Get a little paper out. We got a few minutes left. And here's some really good ones. Can I just be honest today? Anyone that want to be honest with me? How many here battle at least one fear in your life? How many here have overcome at least one fear in your life? How many have 
a few more to overcome. See, if you looked around, we're all in the same boat together. We're all paddling together. We're all outmaneuvering the sharks and the alligators of life, right? Isaiah 41.10. I love this verse. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not. Come on, say it. Fear not. Come on, say it. Fear not. For I am with you. We have to watch thoughts, guys. Well, my mom died of this. I'm going to die of it too. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't, don't receive that. Well, a loved one died of this and, and you know, it's just going to happen again. Watch those fears. They get ingrained. Yeah, it's just, you know, just talking. Well, that's good, but faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Well, my friend lost his wife to, you know, some boyfriend on Facebook. It's going to happen to me too. Don't say it. Don't let that fear in. Don't let that fear in. Fear not. Come on, read it with me. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the kind of stuff that we need to chew on if we're battling fear, battling anxiety, stuff like that. To overcome fear, watch what I'm going to say now. You need to be intentional. You have to begin thinking about what you're thinking about. Did you get that? You need to be thinking about what you're thinking about. Your mind is like a garden. It's what you put into it that it's going to produce. You know, we say our heart is our garden. It, it is. But I believe the mind is, is the pivot point between spirit and body. Spirit and body. And if I just let my mind wander off and, and do whatever, you know, you get into an argument with your mate and oh, I had somebody else, they loved me. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't open doors that you don't want to put your feet through. Well, maybe I want to put my feet through them. Then you need to repent. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Well, I don't believe that. Really? Go, go to any cemetery around here and you'll find the first part real clear. It's appointed unto man once to die. We're all going to die, but I want to die doing as much right than wrong. I want to be a faithful wife, a faithful pastor, a faithful uh, wife, husband. <laughs> At least they didn't correct me on that, right, Diane? A, a faithful dad and a, a faithful grandpa now, amen? And you know what? We all have things that come against us, but the way you deal with temptation is think more about him and less about this. Yeah. You know the old saying, the grass looks greener on the other side? Yeah, but the other side is the manure pit. It's the septic tank. Amen? Everything looks always brighter here, brighter there. Look at what you got. Hey, come on, talk to me, guys. Look at your mate next to you. Look at the years that you've invested. Look at your heart. I've invested 39 years at the training Diane. You think I'm going to give that up? I'm in for it today, guys. <laughs> Look at what you've invested in your job, 
in your marriage, in your prayer time, in your Bible reading. Don't give it up for anything. Amen. We are almost done with this, guys. Amen. The king is coming. Hallelujah. There is no if, what's, or buts. Jesus came the first time. He's coming again. I heard somebody say the other day, the church was born in one day, right? Day of Pentecost. The church will be going home in one day. A -a Amen. Adam, Eve was born through Adam's side, his rib, right? We were born when they pierced Jesus and blood and water flowed from his side. Did it all for us. What love, what love. All right. We have to be careful what we let into our eyes, our mind. It is so important to begin speaking the truth to the lies that try to consume our mind. Remember, as we said before, faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. Go to Isaiah 43. We got to go real quick now. Isaiah 43, verse 1. Don't you love when the preacher says we got to go really quick now? Well, you're the one doing all the yapping up there. <laughs> but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Why? For I have redeemed thee. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, anybody ever feel like they're passing through the waters? I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Look, your Savior. That's talking about our Jesus there. Amen. Revelation 117. Let me just go through these real quick. And when I saw him, saw who? Jesus. Now John is seeing Jesus glorified. Not the Jesus. He laid his head on his bosom. The one that's glorified here. I fell at his, at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first, I am the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen. And I have the keys of Haiti and of death. He's got my key. Does he got your key today? That key is the dungeon of hell that people will be locked in for all eternity that don't believe in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Be an evangelist for Jesus, church family. So if you battle fear, I would encourage you to do a topical study on the subject of fear. You can go right online, type in 365 scriptures of fear, and you'll have a topical study all, all ready for you to go. Again, 2 Timothy, start right there. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind. Give you a couple more. Joshua 1.9. For have I not commanded you? Look, God speaking the mighty Joshua. Be strong, be of good courage, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for I, the Lord your God, will be with you wherever you go. Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There are so many more, but I want to finish the story here of Jairus. Are you still there in Mark chapter 5? I heard a couple groans there, a couple yeses, and a couple I'm flipping over right now. 537. So he gets to Jairus' house. The daughter is now dead. 
and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. He wanted no doubt or unbelief in that house. Amen? He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw the turmoil, and those who wept wailed loudly. When he came and he said to them, Why make you this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Wow, they just went from weeping and how. And, and crying to laughing and ridiculing him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him. We know it was uh, Peter, James, and John. He entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand. He said to her, Talitha Kuma, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, and she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. So we just witnessed another amazing miracle of healing of this girl and also raising her from the dead. Church family, miracles are still for today. Do not let what has happened in the past Hold you back from believing God for all that you can believe him for today. Amen, amen, amen and amen. amen. All done. This month went by like that. Years going by like... Why is that? Warp speed in every area of our lives. Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for this wonderful time together as a church family to feast upon your word, to worship you, to give back to you the blessings that you have given us in life. And I thank you today, Father, for precious brothers and sisters who would come together, we as a church family, and worship together. This morning as I wrap up, we can never wrap up a service without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You are not saved because your friend is saved, your uncle saved, your mom, your dad, your grandma. It is a personal thing between you and Almighty God. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, this is not about becoming religion. Religion stinks. This is not even about joining our church. This is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the most precious, precious thing you can have in life. How do I do that? Exactly as it says on the screen, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That's exactly how we'll lead you in the prayer today. So if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you pray this prayer with me? We'll all pray it together to help you, but pray it from your heart. Pray it because you mean it. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Come on, a little louder. I believe that he died on the cross that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of them, Lord. And I thank you today 
that I am born again by your grace and your grace alone. Thank you for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. No one looking around, Christians praying softly. If you are making that decision today to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'd like to say congratulations. What I'd like to do is give you a little gift before you walk out these doors. I won't ask you to stand or come to the front. Not here to embarrass you. I'm here to bless you. We have a little package we like to give you to help you. Nothing about our church in this package. Everything about Jesus Christ. If you don't have a Bible, there's a little card in there. Take that card to our bookstore. They will give you a free New Testament. Our gift to you. That's all. That's all. This is your first step today. We would love for you to get water baptized in November. We love for you to take 101 through 401 other steps. But today, it's about salvation, about Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you're receiving Jesus for the very first time, or maybe you have received them, but you're not living for him, you like to rededicate your life, or maybe you're not sure yet, you're still seeking but you would still like this package before you leave. Then with no one looking around, this is between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll walk to you and give you this gift. Would you go ahead and lift your hand up that they might see it? Once they see it, they'll put this gift in your hand. Thank you for that hand over there. If that's you, just slip your hand up. We're going to do it. I'm a person of my word. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And this is exactly how we're going to do it. We're just going to put this gift in your hand. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Let them see it. And let them come to you and put this package in your hand. Don't leave today without eternal life. It's the greatest gift that Jesus has given us is eternal life. Don't be foolish and say, oh, maybe tomorrow. That trumpet might sound today. And when it sounds, I ain't coming back. I'll tell you that right now. One more time, I'm going to look around. If that's you, just slip your hand up, let the altar worker see it, and then put it right back down. All right. For the one that raised your hand, we'd like to give you a big shout-out today. Go ahead. We're going to close in prayer, but if you have a few minutes today, pray for our New York Yankees. They need it bad. Let's close in prayer. Hey, there's coffee, tea, all for free out there. Help yourself. Have some time of fellowship. It's very special. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. Thank you again that Jesus is Lord. Thank you that he is the resurrection of life. I thank you. Your blessings upon your people, Lord. They are blessed, Lord. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Now, I thank you, Lord, for what your word has given to us. Lord, we love you with all of our heart, soul, and being. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the resurrection of the life, and thank you for eternal life. Now, I thank you that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors, that we are highly favored and deeply loved, but we are blessed to be a blessing. Go be a blessing to someone this week. God bless you.